Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We have another treat for you today for Song of the Soul. We're heading out to Utah for a visit with singer-songwriter Kate McLeod. The fiddle, or perhaps the violin, is her special instrument among the other instruments she plays, but my favorite is her voice. Catholic-raised, Quaker at present, she's a storyteller, a folk singer, and a bluegrass virtuoso, and it's a pleasure to join Kate McLeod by phone at her home in Utah. Kate, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. How are things out there in Utah? Things are just fine. I'm very busy. I just returned from Montana from a tour, and I'm settling in for the week to have a week at home. Do you get weeks at home very often? Doesn't your music career keep you pretty much on the road steadily? It keeps me on the road sporadically for long periods of time, longer now than they used to be. You're out there in Utah. I know you're not Utah-born. I think you started somewhere towards Washington, D.C., didn't you? Yeah, so I was born and raised just north of Washington, D.C., and I moved to Utah when I was 18. I moved out west to study violin-making. There's a violin-making school in Salt Lake City that's quite well-known and does produce some of the finest violin makers in the world these days. And I studied here and ended up working at the school for a number of years while my kids were young. So you used to do that, but I think making music, in addition to making violins, is really where your passion is. Yes, that is true. In fact, 
that's why I no longer make violins. I had to make a decision about that quite a while ago, especially after I had a few children. I have three grown children at this point. After I had my children, I had to decide what I was going to spend my time on, what little time I had left after the end of the day, and it was music. (laughs) So I've stuck with that. I know, Kate, that your first recording was in 1995. I assume you've been playing music and possibly writing songs well before 1995. Yes, I've been writing songs since I was a teenager, and I've played the violin since I was seven. The violin is my main instrument, and I do perform on music from all over the world. I perform with a Celtic group. I also play klezmer music and several other traditional styles of fiddle playing, as well as the American traditional styles. Well, let's get right into your music, and I want to cover some more of your background as we go through that. What do you want to start with? We'll start with Lark in the Morning, which is the first song on my first CD. So, Lark in the Morning, about uh, making peace with losing a loved one. That's one of the lines in the song, I know. And Lark in the Morning, Let It Go Free. Now, this is Song of the Soul, and some people... uh, I guess I'd say their spirit is oriented towards, I'm going to get what's mine. And some people have more of an attitude of, I need to be free and open up and allow in. I take it you're in the latter category. Does that fit well? I would assume that is correct, yeah. Well, you would assume it's correct, (laughs) but is, is it also accurate? Yes, I am very much in the line of thinking that I don't live on this earth to own things or possess things or expect people to be certain ways or do things for me. I'm here to be here and experience things and share things that I bring to my existence here. So I look at it like I I remember writing that song and it also, that song talks about the loss of love as well as the loss of a loved one. And I think that I was expressing the acceptance of losing a love to either one thing or another and the acceptance that someone's love for me is not a promise for all time and things like that. So that is very much a belief of mine. I know people are bursting with anticipation to hear the song, so let's play it right away and talk a little bit more about it afterwards. The song is Lark in the Morning. It's by my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Kate McLeod. I sing of a lost losing the time, let Nico free, Lark in the morning, another day me. I know that your love wasn't born on a promise for me. Lark in the morning, let it go free. But my
love is gone, most likely to some other lark in the morning, let it go free. But my eyes, my eyes take me back to the seed of love. My song was Lark in the Morning by Kate McLeod, my guest here today for Song of the Soul. And Kate, I happen to know that that's a song that other people have done covers of, uh, a few people, I think. Yes, that is my most recorded song by other artists. Several bluegrass groups have recorded that. In fact, just recently, this past year, a group in the Czech Republic recorded that, and they translated it to their language. I thought that was just really fun. Molly O'Brien and Laurie Lewis and several other well-known bluegrass musicians have recorded that song. Sometimes I can never tell what people are going to really latch on to for themselves, what they really get the most out of. That, I think that's impossible for a writer to really know or to predict. Where are we going to go for number two? Well, let's stay on that first album and go to the very end of it. We'll bookend that album Gospel songs was inspired by my own experience with many religions. I was raised in the Catholic Church. My father was Catholic, but my mother was from the Methodist tradition, and she entered an entirely different aspect of things into our family. And so I was raised in a family that had a variety of thoughts going on. That has been a great value to me. And then I moved to Utah, where there's an entirely different set of things going on out here. I, again, experienced being around many people of different beliefs. So gospel songs, I was sort of joking, but I was also serious about it when I, when I wrote it. I remember writing it on my fiddle, and it talks about singing gospel songs together, trying to get it right. That's the chorus. And yes, we did sing music as a family. My mother was very much a singer and taught me many, many old folk songs. That was, I believe, the roots of my infatuation with folk music. We sang gospel songs and folk songs and anything that she had grown up with herself. 
You called it a fiddle this time, and you described yourself as a violin maker. I heard a description recently that violins are played with culture and fiddles are played with agriculture. (laughs) So are you a fiddle lover or a violin lover? Oh, I love both aspects of that instrument. And it's funny, it depends on where you're coming from, because when people ask me what the difference is, between a fiddle and a violin, I say that, well, a fiddle will cost a few hundred dollars and a violin will cost a few thousand, (laughs) being from the making part of the world. (laughs) But it's really as cultivated a style as violin playing. It's not easy to play the fiddle styles well. And I've played since I was seven, and I studied classical as a young person, and I still can play classical music. But I've gravitated towards the fiddle mostly because I, I enjoy the freedom of the expression and improvisation. I do a lot of improvisation, and I love to play the different ethnic musics from around the world. So I really enjoy both sides of it. And for me personally, it's just as cultivated as, or it has become so, even though in the past perhaps some of the fiddle music, because it was from isolated areas, there is some facet of it that was maybe a little uncultivated, but very sophisticated in its own way. Well, I think we should listen to a very nice and sophisticated song. The song is called Gospel Songs, and it's by Kate McLeod. some good down-home music, gospel songs by Kate McLeod. Are there people that you play gospel music, gospel songs? Do you actually sing kind of more traditional gospel songs with anyone? Well, I'm on the music committee for my Quaker meeting, and we sing before meeting for worship twice a month at our meeting. And we pull from a variety of musical backgrounds. 
So you get a couple times uh, a month. When did you connect up with Quakers? Is that part of your Utah connection? I've been involved with my Quaker meetings since about 88, and I had sought them out. My children were very young, and I live in an area where there's a lot of religious activity, and I myself felt the need to connect with a spiritual community, and I also wanted a spiritual community for my children. And so I'd had experience with Quakerism through friends and acquaintances before and also through reading about them when I was younger. So I I sought a Quaker meeting out here, and I've been involved with them ever since, quite involved with them. I've even been on the Board of Trustees and many, many of their committees. Well, what's next on the musical plate, your Song of the Soul? Well, we can move to a love song. It's a song of devotion, really, for loving my family and people that I do care about. This is called Revelation Number 1. The title, Revelation Number 1, seemed a little biblical, I know, but I sometimes I have this tongue-in-cheek thing about living around areas where there's a lot of biblical things discussed, and I... I start using these words in my writing and sometimes in the titles and things like that. So this was my own personal revelation, my own personal feelings of really, truly being devoted to people. Yeah, I did have that reaction. When I saw the title, Revelation Number 1, I was wondering if it was going to be a fundamentalist tract, especially, you know, it follows right here on gospel songs. Who knows? (laughs) I know. I can't help it. But people, you know, I really have a sense of humor about it, too, so it's kind of fun for me to, to use the words, and but have them not be so biblical in, in the way I use them. And I'm glad you've got this sense of humor. A lot of people get a little bit too serious for my taste, so I'm glad you're doing it for Revelation. Revelation number one, it's about love, and it's by Kate McLeod.
that loving you is the best thing that I'll ever do. The way that it turns out, I know that it will turn out. I know that it will be so. number one that came a cloud and it's from her feel the earth spin cd which is back what 1996 seven somewhere around there feel the earth spin i believe was in 2001 how many cds have you put out totally and i guess maybe other recordings i don't know yes there is another one that i'm out of stock in print right now called constant emotion I'm never more than a few weeks out of print on something. But all of my work is available on iTunes as well. Is there a lot of call for folk music or bluegrass music or that kind of thing around there? I think of John McCutcheon, who was just my guest a few weeks ago, and he moved out to Virginia because that was the place to get that kind of old-time culture which I think you also touch, but you're over there in Utah to get it. So I'm wondering how nurtured, I guess, your music is, the variety of music that you do, how well accepted it is in your region. Well, I think that I really draw on my region for some of my work. In fact, I was just chosen as artist-in-residence for the Entrada Institute. And the Entrada Institute celebrates the history in the land of the Colorado Plateau, which is a geographic area which encompasses part of Utah. And I will be spending time at one of the national parks writing music about the history and the people and the land there. And so I've actually been quite nurtured here by the music community as well as the arts community here, which is very active. Utah has the oldest existing arts council in the country. I know you have a song that it's actually about the Dakotas, 
Is that a song that would be appropriate to share right now with our guests since we're talking about the region and the culture of the region? Yeah. Um, this song, Tom Egan, is an example of the kind of song I write fairly often. I am often requested to write about historic events, and sometimes I will also do that all on my own. Uh, if I hear a story about something that's happened in the geographic area, I might turn it into a song. This particular song was requested of me by a family in South Dakota whose family member had been the very first capital punishment case in the Dakota Territory. And later on, after his death, he was exonerated of his crime, and there's been this statue built in their town. But I did read some articles about the story, and I decided that I would definitely write a song about it. And it, it's one of my longer songs. It's, I consider it very dense. You have to listen to it a few times. I incorporated the images and the wording that were in the writings that I read. And I told a very kind of a poetic verse about him being found guilty for killing his wife and then hung for it. It was a very interesting experience for me. So it's very common for me to write a song about an actual event, and it's one of my favorite things to do. I've also written songs about novels, such as Prairie Earth, about William Least Heat Moon's novel Prairie Earth. Tom Egan is a, one of the examples of these songs. I was careful in the song. I didn't want to put myself in it and my own opinion about what happened. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to paint the picture of what happened according to the stories that were told. I've had people come up and talk to me about this song. I am always surprised that people have sung this song. Other artists have sung this song, other musicians, and even just uh, people who, who don't play professionally sing this song. They've learned it. And I don't know why that surprises me, maybe because it's such a serious subject. That surprises me. <laughs> but it has happened. It's, it's peculiar to me. And that recording, Drawn from the Well, is with Kat Eggleston that I do perform as a duet with. About Tom Egan and about the song, you said you didn't want to put your own opinions into there, but I'm kind of figuring, since you're Quaker, you have some kind of feeling about capital punishment. Yeah, I do. I have my own thoughts and feelings about it. And I sympathized with the story because of my own personal feelings about it. I sympathized with his, the fact that he had been uh, hung for this act that he was innocent of and he was proven innocent later on. I have thought about this a lot, about the capital punishment issue, and I don't feel at all good about capital punishment. I understand why some people might feel as though they need to practice that personally. I don't believe in capital punishment. But unfortunately, in the early Dakota territories, they did believe in it, and Tom Egan was the first one to be offered on the gallows. The song is Tom Egan by Kate McLeod. Look at the waning moon Hear the silence of the birds Search the eye of the believer For the truth if you can find it With ears like a shroud And the crowd was there 
That was Tom Egan, sung by Kate McLeod. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Northern Spirit Radio's production called Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and today our guest is Kate McLeod, and she's out there in Utah. Salt Lake City is her region, and uh, she's been making some very fine music. I think she's got five recordings out there so far, and there's more coming, isn't there, Kate? Well, I'm going to be working on a new recording project over this winter and spring, and we're going to be recording it in Nashville, and and Tim O'Brien's going to help me with it. He's going to produce it. It's scheduled to be released in the summer, and I have many songs that I've collected for it, so the question for me will be, which ones make it on there? (laughs) So we'll see. I'm getting closer to figuring that out. We should let people know that if they want to track down your music, one very easy way to do it is to go to your website, which is katemcloud.com. And in case people are not Scottish, how do you spell McLeod? M-A-C, capital L-E-O-D. M-A-C-L-E-O-D is McLeod, and Kate McLeod is the guest here today for Song of the Soul. We're moving well along. Where should we go next? Let's move on to um, the breakfast CD with Kate McLeod and the Pancakes, which is my group that I perform with in my region. Uh, It's a full-piece band. It goes anywhere from a trio up to a five-piece group, which includes a percussionist drummer. Sometimes we have a friend of mine on accordion and piano. I perform as much as I can with that group. I do occasionally perform solo. Well, you've got a lot of good songs on the CD. Which would you care to include for your Song of the Soul? Let's talk about the song Autumn. Autumn is my personal favorite on the album for a number of reasons. And Sing Out Magazine actually really liked that one, too, when they reviewed the CD. And that's my personal favorite on there. I imagine there's always a struggle because I imagine you gravitate towards certain songs simply because of the music involved, and sometimes the lyrics are speaking something that's essential to your soul as well. In the case of Autumn, which is it, and, and what does this mean, or what? how is this speaking your soul? In Autumn, I talk about love in a very subtle, quiet way, which I find that I I was trying to write about that for a long time and it to me it seemed like the first time I really talked about the quietness of a long-term relationship the subtle things the things that stay with you the things that you notice when you're with someone every day it took a long time to lace the long lines among the forest It took a long time to make the apple wine, to make the apple good. It took some time to get to know your enchanted ways. Your warm breath on my face visits in the night. Reflects the curve. 
days, the cooling of the nights, a scramble to be warm. It's in your look and in your clothes and in your tousled hair. First fire, the warm scent of autumn that you. Is autumn also your favorite season, as it is for me? Oh, probably. I think so. If I had to think about it, which I do sometimes, because we definitely have all four seasons here in Utah. And this fall has particularly been a beautiful one. We had wonderful colors. But yes, it it is my favorite. I love the temperature and the sky. The light is different than in any other season. Where next? What's next for your soul's journey? Well, let's talk about Potter's Wheel, which I've recorded twice. I did include it on my Feel the Earth Spin and on the breakfast CD with the pancakes. What's it about? What's the theme? And why is it, again, part of your song of the soul? I'm, obviously, since you did it twice, you've got some strong connection or it keeps reverberating in your soul. Yes, it does. This song, to me, is sort of a statement about how I am changed through time, through my experiences, spiritually, 
I talk about my existence. I talk about how I experience something and I am changed by the experience. But I really mean that it's a spiritual experience. And the metaphor of the potter's wheel has been used many times spiritually for people, that we are clay in the hands of the potter. And I know that's true of myself. That's the subject matter of that song for me. Obviously, since I know a fair amount about Quakers, we don't necessarily put into a words a lot of our spiritual journey. But can you express anything of how spirit is changing you, the direction you're moving, and how it's it's molding you? Do you have new openings? Uh, is way opening for you in any particular direction? Yes, I think that in the last few years, since I've had some more time to myself since I finished raising my kids, they're off and being adults now. I've had more time these days to spend with myself in quiet meditation, and I've learned many, many things about myself. I've gone inward a little bit more and discovering new things about how I work and my relationship with God or my higher power, whichever way I choose to use that description. So right now, it's a very meditative time, but I've also enjoyed being free to explore my spiritual connections with other people. It's such a different life. Being home-based, raising children is such a different kind of an experience than being free to roam and developing relationships with people from all over the country and things like that. The song is Potter's Wheel, Kate McLeod. Hole in my bed. 
Potter's Wheel by Kate McLeod, and it's on two of her CDs. And again, her website is katemcleod.com, and McLeod is M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Well, we've gone quite a journey on your Song of the Soul so far, Kate. I think we've got time for one more song, and would you care to give us the crowning jewel for this Song of the Soul? Well, it is my most recent recording release. It is a single song that is not included on any of my recordings. I have been using it as a fundraiser for the American Friends Service Committee. It's available by digital download, and I do have copies of it at my concerts. If someone wants a hard copy when they hear me perform it in concert, I've been singing it for a few years now. It's called Wyoming Dove, and it's based on a conversation that I had with a woman in Wyoming whose brother had been serving in Iraq, and I put her thoughts and her expressions into a song. I was hoping when I wrote it that I wouldn't sing it for very long, but it seems like I've been singing it now for a number of years. And after I'd been singing it for about a year or so in concert, I thought, well, I'll put it down on a recording and post it up for sale and give the money to a peace organization. And so that's what I've done. I think your music is typically described as either folk or maybe bluegrass. I mean, it it tends towards traditional music on those sides. Folk musicians in particular, I think most people think of as being political activists. Is this your way of doing activism? Because most of your songs are not explicitly down with the war machine or you know, that kind of activism. Right. It's not common that I do something like that. But in this particular case, the song just really got to me. And even in the song, it's very gentle the way it talks about the issues. I've sung it in many concerts, and both, if you, you know, with our sometimes polarized cultures, I have found that both the people who support what's going on there and the people who are against it have found something in this song that they can really relate to. And I've had mothers of servicemen come up crying to me after the concert and saying they were so glad that I wrote that song and I dedicate it to our families who have people serving overseas. My own personal feelings are definitely against the military action overseas that we've been part of, but I realized that it's such a touchy subject to people. When I wrote the song, I just wanted to talk about what she told me. And so when I started to sing it and I realized that it did move many people for different reasons, I decided that I would record it and and put it out for sale and just send that money somewhere where I felt would be most useful. Mary's eyes are blue As her Wyoming skies Are you familiar with that hue? Oh, the few Who choose to live there Where's that ribbon? That's what she does. 
Wyoming Dove. Again, you can go out via Kate's site, katemcleod.com, and you find where it is. It's out there for digital download, and the proceeds from this will be helping out peace and justice work by the American Friends Service Committee. And I just want to thank you, Kate, for that song. Too often, songs are stridently one way or another, and John McCutcheon has made a point of this in some of his music, too. Our Flag Was Still There is one of my favorites of his that speak to all of us. We need something to bridge 
the polarization that happens, and I think Wyoming Dove is a great gift in that direction. So thank you for that contribution. Thank you very much. And I want to thank you for being with us today for Song of the Soul, and I look forward to meeting you in person one of these days. Some people think of Wisconsin as the hinterlands, and Utah is the hinterlands, but there's a lot of hinter in between our lands. So. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll go anywhere in this country. I go to Europe, too. So <laughs> I'm used to being in the hinterlands, and I'm not at all shy about driving across the country or playing in different areas. So I hope to make it to your area sometime. Well, thank you again, Kate, for sharing your Song of the Soul. Godspeed on all your wonderful journeys. Same to you. Thank you so much for including me. My guest today has been Kate McLeod. And remember, you can go to cdbaby.com and elsewhere to purchase her recent single, Wyoming Dove, proceeds going to the peace and justice work of the American Friends Service Committee. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy So